0: The Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Episode Number Twenty Nine. I am Dave Z. I am here with. Oh shit! Oh man! I forgot. Oh, I don't know if I could do this, guys. Give me a second. Let me let me uh, compose myself. Um. <clears throat> You know, I've done, I don't know, 100 banana lasers between the banana laser and the the banana bites and the commentaries. I've done, I don't know, 30 skeleton crew episodes. I've done, you know, 15 ABCs of Hidden Horror. I've guest starred on shows. I've never once done it by myself. I've always had someone to bounce off of. So, see, I knew this was going to be trouble for me. I don't know what to do I'm I'm all alone here this is uh I'm not in my comfort zone guys I'm really sorry if you were tuning in here hoping to you know hear a regular episode we talked about it last show it's a solo cast I don't know if I can handle this guys I need some help Brandon Brandon say hello hey everybody how you doing excited to be aboard oh man I'm so glad that you're here Whew, I was really worried about that for a second. I'm starting to feel a little bit better. Christian, hey, buddy, how you doing, man? How you doing, everybody? All right, cool, all right. that That's a little bit better. Okay, anyway, this is episode 29. I don't know if it's A, B, C, or D. We threw it around. We'll, we'll see how it's going to be labeled when it gets here, but this is my very first ever solo cast. You know, like I say, sink or swim. Christian had this idea, we're trying to be innovative, so, uh, you know, listen to me for a little bit and let's see how it goes. Okay, first things first, it's a new year, happy new year again. It's 2017. 2016 is over. A lot of people are really happy about that. I myself am one of them people. I, uh, On a personal level, I had a very, very rough 2016. I won't get too into it, but I've had some heavy stuff going on here. You know, but it's going to get better now. I got to say, one of the highlights was this, Exploding Heads. Um, It's been a great time. We have a lot of listeners. We have a lot of participation. I'm enjoying myself. You know, I just listened back to our last show, episode 28, and I felt it was one of our best. Uh, A lot of fun. So thanks, guys, for listening. Christian and Brandon, thank you, guys, for being a part of this. So that's that's really been a highlight I'll tell you what one of the lowlights has been and everybody talked about this but I'm gonna get personal because I'm responsible for some of this a lot of people are uh, talking about 2016 being a bad year because of uh, all these deaths you know people in the genre celebrity deaths things like that I'll say one thing it didn't really come as a surprise to me and don't think it's going to stop in 2017. I don't want to come off as a negative Nancy here, but uh, as a matter of fact, on the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror, we uh, Brandon and I appeared on the Best of 2015 episode about a year ago now. And one of the things we did on that show was, you know, we they, we were posed a bunch of questions about the year. One of those questions was uh, something to the effect of. Uh, biggest news story of the year, news stories, something like that, and you know, involved in the horror genre. And three of them, basically everybody but me, said all these deaths, you know, and uh, you know the outrageous amount of deaths. And I said it then, and I'll and I'll say it now. You know, <laughs> you have to realize that uh, it's not going to get any better than next year. Everybody's getting one year older. It's not a fluke thing. It seems like it was kind of fluky in December. Uh, Kind of weird. You know, a few weird things happened and some premature deaths. But, you know, everybody's getting a year older. I mean, I don't want to say anybody's name because (laughs) we know what I've done. So, but I will say this. I am unfortunately responsible for some of these deaths. Anyone that's listened to these shows uh, knows about this. And um, I've done it again. And I'm not proud of it, but I have. Historically, here's what I've done. I'll I'll recap for anyone that isn't familiar. I killed Scott Wayland from Stone Temple Pilots. I'm responsible for the death of uh, Prince. You heard that on this very show, episode 10. I'm responsible for the death of David Bowie. That was one of the earlier episodes here and I've done it again and yeah it's a running joke but every I, every time I've mentioned somebody on a show sometime within that week they've passed away and now this time I didn't actually mention him on a show but it, but it was a strange uh, incident and don't worry guys we're going to get to the horror in just a minute you know you know me I'm, I'm straight horror talk but whatever bear with me like I said it's my first solo cast so what, what can you do this is this is interesting and it's you know it's newsworthy I guess for fans of the podcast. Two days before Christmas, I was wrapping my uh, presents with my wife. And the last couple of years, I've really grown a fondness for uh, what's been my favorite Christmas song. It's just it's that Wham! song, Last Christmas. So for whatever reason, I've just grown real fond of it. Probably nostalgia, like almost everything with me. So we're wrapping these Christmas presents and I said I'm going to put on some music and that's really not like me. I'm not the most Christmassy guy. And especially this last year and, and all the obstacles that my family and you know I have faced, you know, my wife was probably happy I was playing music at all <laughs> that was Christmas related. So anyway, I said, "You know what? I'm going to put I put on YouTube and I played Wham last Christmas. Then after it was over, Instead of playing more Christmas songs like most people would do in that, this type of situation, you would think, wrapping presents, I decided, I said, you know what? I told my wife, I want to listen to more Wham! And it, <laughs> you know, guys, this isn't something I do. I don't have Wham! And, and George Michael on my iPod, you know, or anything like that. Not that I, I, there's nothing wrong, anything wrong with it. I, I happen to like some of the tunes, you know? But I just, for me to say that, it's kind of unusual. So we proceeded to listen to about, you know, a dozen more Wham! songs. A couple that we didn't even know. And my wife and I grew up in that era. So we were really getting into the Wham! catalog deep. We even we started conversations on George Michael. We were discussing uh, Andrew Ridgely, the other member of Wham!, exactly what he did, who wrote the songs, who played the instruments. So we had this Wham! night, my wife and I. just Just, just the two of us for like an hour and a half. Wouldn't you know, at Christmas Day, I'm just getting ready, literally getting ready to leave my wife's, uh, where she's staying. Part of the issues of last year is that my wife right now is staying at my aunt's house, and I'm staying at my father's house. And that's a long story. There's no problem between us at all. It's just that she has the dogs, and there isn't much room, and we're in between houses right now. So, that's long story short. So, I was leaving my, my aunt's house where my wife was, just getting my jacket on. I was, you know, I just got out of the bathroom. I grabbed my phone. She she wanted me to see something on Facebook. So I said, okay, I'll check it out. So I went on there to look at something else. And the first thing I see at the very top is George Michael passed away. And I said to my wife, I said, you're not going to believe this. And I showed it to her. She goes, you did it again. I said, come on. I said, what? I did it again. So I just roll with it. Yeah, I guess it was me. So, I'm sorry. I'm going to try to keep uh, celebrity talk to a minimum. And uh, I'll try not to curse anybody. Uh, I guess uh, I won't say too many names. I don't want people to, you know, die because of me. So, I'll, uh, I'll keep quiet. <coughs> Ex wife. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. So, anyway, yeah, that's that. 2016 is over, 2017 is here. Um,. Will more celebrities die than last year? I would wager yes, but hey, maybe I'm wrong. And hopefully it won't be too many people that we don't want to see go. I mean, we don't want to see anybody go, but, you know, people that are contributing to our genre, that were you know, into, whatever. So yeah, that's that. 2017 is here. You know, I'm already gaining a, uh, an appreciation, a further appreciation for these solo podcasts that I've listened to Because I'm already feeling like I'm struggling here So let me give them a shout out Johnny Krug Kruger Nation That was the first solo podcast I ever got into uh, I don't think he's doing much now But I, I gotta give the man props Because he did a lot He did, did many shows Jason Lloyd of, of course With uh, Bloody Bits He's been doing Bloody Bits for a, what, a year and a half now Quite a while Straight doing that You know? And of course, our friend, our listener, our homie, Mr. Watson in the Horror Corridor. You know, Mr. Watson has to come up every show. So that's just the way. I'm sorry if you guys are tired of hearing about, you know, Watson, Skeleton Crew, 22 Shots, all our other podcasts, everything else. But that's just the way it is. You know, it was really difficult for me to come up with ideas here. And like I say, the most things that end up being good are started organically. There was no plan. I mean, if you listen to the last show, 28, you know, I I was there with my thumb in my ass. I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. What can I do? I mean, I have no idea. And luckily, this thing just kinda happened. And we are going to talk about found footage. We are going to talk about the history of found footage movies. We are going to talk about um, the mockumentaries. I'm going to talk about my list, the infamous list, if you will. Basically, that's how this has come about. Uh, Like I said, it was started organically. I've had a few people recently on our Facebook page come up, not come up, yeah, like like they're walking up to me. No, not come up, but, you know, brought it up on the page saying, hey, Dave, um, What's this list of found footage movies? I guess they're newer listeners or maybe they're older listeners and, you know, they didn't write it down when I said it. Tonight is your chance to to write it down. So when the time comes, you know, get out a, a pen and paper or uh, whatever. Get out your notepad on your phone or whatever you use. I'm going to talk about all these movies that I challenged Christian to. Uh, in case you don't know what I'm talking about, show number one. As a matter of fact, it came up, Christian said that he wasn't a fan of the found footage style of movies. And I said, ah, you're one of those guys, huh? Well, by the end of this year, I'm going to make you a fan. And I'm going to come up with a list, and I'm going to say, watch this, 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 and this, because I think found footage g- gets a bad rap. So by the end of it, you're going to be a fan. So that quickly became a segment on the show called Christian versus Found Footage, and as most of you know, found footage kicked his ass. He uh, basically the lowest movie I think he ranked was a six out of ten, which was my plan. I said everything here is going to be above average, but there's a lot of good good movies of this style that you know people don't know about or just I don't know what the deal is. But we're gonna we're gonna dig more into that. So that's what we're talking about. I hope it's a real informative show. Um, I did a lot of research. And like I said, it just came up organically. I said, you know what? Why don't we do that? Why don't I? Why don't I do that? Talk about these movies, the, the style of film, and uh, maybe I can turn more people on. That's what we're gonna do. I I don't have a whole lot. I like to intro a little bit more before I get right into that. Someone else asked me a question about uh, trailers, and I've said it on the show before that I don't watch trailers. And uh, we said we're gonna do a new segment soon where I watch a trailer now for a movie that I've seen and, and say, hey, did it give away too much? What's my opinion? So that's going to be happening. Let me get into that. As a matter of fact, let me preface it by talking about something that's happened recently. Everybody knows I'm a big fan of uh, Friday the 13th. The movies, everything else, whatever. Friday the 13th's my jam, whatever. Favorite franchise, love that stuff that uh the video game I and mean, we don't talk video games on this show normally but this is you know we're making a rare exception We've been following this one kind of closely it's it came up on the show this Friday the 13th video game is coming out we've known about it for a year or so they had a whatever crowdfund I ignored it because I heard that it was gonna be uh you had to play with other people at the same time it was online interaction and That's not really my thing. I just wanted to play a a cool slasher game with Jason in it and whatever, you know? So it turns out it's not going to be that way, and I don't have to get into that whole thing. But recently, news has come out. Well, first, let me see that this beta version came out where people could play it. And I had a few people approach me. BC, for one, sent me a message saying, hey, if you want to play the beta game, let me know. And I had a few other friends on Facebook you know talking about it It seems like you know every other guy that you had been seeing was playing this this beta version now how did I go from trailer talk to this I'm leading to something where it's hopefully you can understand where I'm coming from because I just don't get it it might sound negative but it's really I don't want to take away a positive like for me for example let me go back to the news we were slowly hearing news about this There's going to be a Higgins Haven, which is the location for Part 3. Little things coming out. Um, Tommy Jarvis was going to be in it. There's pictures of that. My issue is this. Don't you guys think it's more fun to put the game in for the first time, you know, after you've purchased it, sit down, start gaming away, and then say, oh, shit, look at that, Higgins Haven, so cool! And then later on in the game... Tommy Tommy Dreamer, yeah, okay. (laughs) For those wrestling fans out there, oh boy. It's probably going to be my first of many mistakes and my first of many stutters. But, jeez. Tommy Jarvis, holy shit, wow! Oh, that's awesome! To me, life is made up of great little moments like that. You know, that's... Maybe I'm still a kid, but... I would much rather sit down and play the game and have that moment where Tommy Jarvis appears on screen, blow me away, you know, and put a big smile on my face and make me jump up, you know. Now, that moment's taken away. That's not going to happen. I already know. I don't even want to know. I'm not even trying to know. And it can't be escaped. I don't even do Facebook. Like, I mean, I do Facebook, but I only do the group pages. I don't go on the feeds. I don't look for news. You know, that's that's the reason why I have my new account, and I left my old one, uh, just to just to start this one, where I only have to deal with what I want to talk about when I'm online, and that's really horror movies. So I'm not even trying to see this news, and it can't be escaped. My question is, why do we, as a people these days, why do we have to know everything and why is that experience of being surprised why does why is that not valued anymore i mean don't you guys miss that cuz I, I really do i don't like having things spoiled at all i just you know for example the star wars movie last year the um force awakens i'm a big star wars fan as most of us are i did not want to know one thing and i did not know one thing i did not look at a picture. I did not look at a trailer. I did not want to know the characters that were going to be in there. I didn't want to see anything. You know, when my ass hit that seat for The Force Awakens, I venture to say that I knew less than anybody in that theater because why ruin that experience? Why not look, why not have something, you know, appear in front of you on film that you didn't know? I had no idea Han Solo was gonna no I can't say that that'd be a lie I heard some talk because you can't escape it I've heard some talk about you know Mark Hamill Carrie Fisher and um, you know Harrison Ford being involved I didn't know to what extent maybe many of you did I don't know but I had no idea that Han Solo was gonna be running around for like 60% of this film you know as one of the main characters I just thought maybe cameos I didn't know that. And I'm glad I didn't know that. I was pleasantly surprised, you know, when him and Chewie came aboard the ship and, you know, they were involved so much in that movie. Now, did you guys know that going into it? I don't know, but I, I don't know why people would want to know that. And I don't know if I'm out of touch, but I just, it just seems like, why would you want to know all these things? Maybe I'm carrying on too much trying to prove my point, but I just don't want to know. I just think... You're robbing yourself of moments. And that goes back to trailers. Um, I I, Like the the Don't Breathe trailer, for example. People were robbed of, you know, the experience I got where you find out that this guy was actually up to no good, that he had a girl in his basement. Sorry if I just spoiled anything for anybody. See, here I am going on about how I hate spoiling. And I, you know, I spoiled something, but I let one slip. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) I didn't know about that. And people that had seen the trailer already knew, so they're robbed of that moment. You know, I'm watching this movie and I'm I'm already into what's going on, and then that thing's uncovered, and I'm like, wow, this just took a hard left turn. Wow, you know, and that that's that's a cool feeling. I mean, that's if you're into film, isn't that what you you live for? You know, to have a cool reveal like that, or to be swerved, or or whatever. Just moments like that. Why do you need to know? And I've had people ask me, hey how do you know what you want to watch? If you don't watch trailers, how do you know? And I guess my response to that is, I can't escape it. I listen to podcasts all the time, horror podcasts. I'm on Facebook. Even if I wanted to avoid what's coming out, I can't. You know, and I don't mind even seeing what's coming out next month or whatever, a a little synopsis. I really like to know as little as possible, but it really can't be escaped. And being a horror fan, I am going to you know, I do want my eyes to be on everything that comes out, you know, unless, you know, it's asylum or something that I know is probably going to be shit. Then, yeah, I'm, you know, I have a pretty discerning eye. Uh, you know, last year, like I I watched a hundred, well, 115 movies. Now I only rated 14 of them below a five or five or below. So I, I think I do a pretty good job of avoiding stuff. I don't want to see. So who am I to say? don't watch trailers. Who am I to say that? And I'm not saying that, but people ask me, why, why don't you watch them? That's the best I got. I don't want to know anything. I'd just rather be in the dark. It's so much more fun. I always hear people complaining, saying, oh, well, when you see the trailer, it leads you to believe that this movie is something that it's not, in both ways. Sometimes they're happy because the trailer led them to think it was one thing, and they ended up being surprised. Other times, it was the opposite reaction. They uh, thought it was going to be great, and then they, they, they saw the movie and it ended up being something that they were misled by the trailer. They ended up being disappointed. Me, I don't watch anything. I go into everything blind, and I love it. You know, I, I know as little as possible, and I, th- I just think it makes for great experiences. I just, like I said, the little moments are, are what makes life enjoyable. That's why I don't look at news, I don't need to see horror news. You know, and I don't don't get the wrong idea. I've had friends that are journalists and that are involved in that and they, they, they do the news on their podcast and how I did it too. And I may do it again. I have plans to, after I buy my house on our on our YouTube channel, I might be doing a thing on Tuesday when I discuss a little horror news. That That's fine. It can't be escaped. And I don't have a problem with horror journalists. Of, of course, I love them, you know. I, I'd rather read articles and, you know, we discuss articles on our last show about movies that are coming out and the found footage challenge and we discussed that Neon Demon article. Things like that. That's great. I just don't need the news. I really don't need it. I'm I'm better off without it. Plus, half of it is fake. Half of it is clickbait. You know, a lot of it is BS. You know, this movie's going to come out then you find out later it's pushed. You know, I just... I don't need it. Just like I don't need it in real life. I don't need... You know, to me, no news is good news. I'm fine the way I am. It's... I haven't watched the news in years. That hasn't changed me or my life one iota. As a matter of fact, it's made everything better. I don't have to hear anything negative. I'm just fine carrying on. Something major happens, believe me, someone in my immediate life will tell me, you can't avoid it. No matter how hard you try, you can't avoid it. I don't need all that. It's, it goes back to, uh, back to wrestling. I remember back in the day, I was watching wrestling, and when the internet was big, uh, the, uh, you know everything started leaking so and so was going to show up in the nwo these guys are going to show up that that was in the days when there was you know three major feder- major federations still and all the secrets were you know we all knew people were going to show up before they did and at the time it was something new the internet and we were like oh wow we're getting all this information of back you know backstage information what's going on it was great nowadays forget it i don't want to know anything i remember i was watching a pay-per-view uh year and a half ago, something like that, it was when Sting, the wrestler, showed up for the very first time in WWE. He had been a WCW guy forever. Then when they were purchased, uh, he went to TNA for a while. Uh, I didn't know he was showing up. And I watched this pay-per-view and he showed up in the main event at the end. And the first thing I did was I went to Facebook to tell people, hey, you should watch wrestling live tonight or stay off the internet because something cool has happened and you should not be spoiled. So watch it. I did the opposite of what people do. Most of the time they see, you know, one of the reasons they don't go to the feed anymore. You know, Sting showed up. I bet people ran right to their phones and their computer to type it in to be the first one. Sting! Oh my FG! Wow! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! I'm like, come on, man. Why do you do that to people? Why do you have to do that to people? What do you get out of that? Why spoil? Why just... They do it on Monday Night Raw, for God's sake. I mean, come on. Just watch the show. I don't know. If you want to talk about it, go into a wrestling group. There's tons of them on Facebook. Go into a group page and discuss with them. Fine. Don't put it out there for everybody to see and spoil shit for people. Why did people have to do that? Here I am complaining again. Sorry. Let's not even talk about complaints anymore. I don't want to be off on that that tangent. I'll say something positive. Why don't we all have respect for each other? I think in the future, more people should. We're all in the same group. We're horror fans. We're together. You know, we're on the same team. Why bicker? Why fight? I see it all the time. You know, especially now, people putting up their top ten list for the year and things like that. Ah, you don't like a movie? Don't like a movie. So what? There's movies I don't like. Even, even movies I do like... I see them being put on real high pedestals. I'm not going to knock them down. I'm not going to say, oh, wow, you have Eyes of My Mother at number one. Did you not notice that this, this, and this with the plot hole? Blah, 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 blah. I don't say that. And I don't say, oh, that's stupid. Like, you know, people will say, oh, The Witch, oh, what a stupid movie. I mean, if somebody loves The Witch and you say it's a stupid movie, don't you think that's kind of a reflection on them? You know, I mean, you're not coming right out and saying they're stupid, but why? Why do that? If somebody asks for an opinion, that's one thing, but we're on the same team. Why fight? I mean, it's not politics, you know. I understand that you know Republicans and Democrats are going to disagree, and if they want to butt heads, let them butt heads. I, I think it's ridiculous, but you know, I could understand they have completely different opinions about many things, but. Republicans shouldn't argue with other Republicans. Democrats shouldn't be arguing with other Democrats. Just we're on the same team. We're horror fans. So it's like I tell my daughter, when you deal with people, let them think about you the right way. I can't, I can't exactly say how I say it to her, but I'm like, when they think of you, Frankie, let them think of you fondly. you know, she's a good person. You know, when why be out there negative and say, oh, she's a troublemaker. Oh, we got to deal with her again. Ah, man. Why? So, you know, I don't have any resolutions. Well, I guess I kind of do. But one of my resolutions is for the new year, back to that again. And guys, I know I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. Bear with me. I'm going to be much more... Uh, when we get into the the real topic, I'm not going to be bouncy so much. It's, you know, it's a little bit of nerves. It's whatever. So deal with me for a little bit here. Uh, (laughs) I don't have any real resolutions. Uh, I kind of do. I'm just kind of continuing doing what I'm doing. Last year I lost 35 pounds. I started the diet in spring uh, of last year. And I've been pretty solid since September. We're now in January. I've kept the weight off. Basically I want to say, you know, I want to continue to diet the way I shouldn't to keep that weight off. Um, negativity. I don't. I don't believe in saying anything negative. I mean, I'll do it on the show. That's different. You know, it's you know I'll talk shit about a movie or this or that. I'm having fun. I'm kind of having character a little bit, uh, entertaining. Whatever. You know. But I mean, just in in general. Um, something I started in September. I think I was having a discussion with my my wife and I said, you know what. Because we've had a rough year with different things. Nothing's wrong with our relationship with each other or anything like that. But people that we are close to and our families, both of our families, have caused us a lot of stress. And um, it's been a miracle we've made it through, honestly. Because couples usually bicker during tough times. And we've been okay for the most part. But I remember I told her, I said, you know what? If I have something negative to say, I'm not going to bitch. I'm not going to gripe. Why do that to you? Why do it at all? I'm not going to say anything negative anymore. And I really have made an effort not to. So I'm going to continue that. As far as horror resolutions, I can't really make any. I, I wanted to say I'm going to watch, uh, not even more, because I haven't watched any. I was going to say I was going to get into hammer horror films, and I was going to try to get into more of those uh, universal classics. Because it's, you know, some, some subgenres that I've really, uh, not subgenres, but aspects of of horror film that I've really, uh, you know, been ignoring. So I was going to say that I'm going to try to do more of those this year, but I really can't because my I'm watching everything for the show. I'm going to be doing all these slasher movies because we're, you know, we're the, the slash cast this year. So I'm going to be watching a hell of a lot of slasher movies. I'm going to be watching more found footage movies because... uh That's a new segment. If you listened to the last show, you heard that we're going to be doing new segments. So I'm going to be watching more found footage movies that I haven't seen before. I'm going to be watching more uh, movies that I've never seen before that I feel I should. Movies that I've seen once and didn't like. Things like that. Things we discussed in the last show. So really, a lot of what I'm going to be watching, and 2017 movies, of course, I would say 80% of the horror I'm going to be watching is for podcasts. And that's okay. You know, it's, people say, oh, man, it's a chore. It's not really a chore because I'm having fun. I'm doing it because I enjoy it. So, so basically, that's that. I, that's all I can say. But you know what, guys? Stay off the hate wagon. Keep things positive. Please, please do it. Speaking of the hate wagon, I think, uh, you know, the whole found footage thing, it's a real victim of that. And the hate wagon to me is basically a few people say something sucks the next thing thing you know, boom. It's like the bandwagon, but it's a negative bandwagon. It's just, it's the hate wagon. That's what I call it. And I think found footage has been um, grossly misrepresented. And I think maybe it's because found footage for the most part is something that's newer, that got real big with the internet age. And something about the internet age, there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of, everyone's a critic. You know, so maybe because it's a product of its time, found footage kind of came hand in hand with, you know, uh, social media. They both kind of got real big around the same time, and why not pick on it? Maybe that's the reason. But hopefully by the end of the show, you guys have a greater appreciation for found footage. I'm going to do my best. And if you don't like it at all, I mean, you know, you probably hung up by now. Hell, even guys that like me are probably hung up by now because I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place here. So, let me take a quick break, and then we are going to get into found footage. Be right back. All right, everybody. I'm back. Back from break. That's a first. We actually took we. I actually took a break. We announced it. Played a little uh musical interlude and back. I just I had to pull out, man, that's like I said, I'm not used to that. So I'm not a drinker, but I'm gonna have a little help from uh, Kettle One. So give me a second. Just a little just a little for the nerves, uh alright yeah I got a uh, I got a bottle of Kettle One and a bottle of Grey Goose A couple of Christmas gifts here Uh, like I said I'm not much of a drinker anymore but especially with my diet but you know what I want to put on a good show here so we're gonna do just that and if that means I have to consume a little vodka then that's what we're gonna do so now that I'm getting calmed down well actually hold on let me you get, this is part of the experience. Hold on. Ah, Okay. Now that I'm getting a little more calm here, I want to uh, shout out a couple more solo shows. We have the Hybrid Moments podcast, Joe Parker, and we have Laughing Horror, Kyle Laugh. Check those out. Later on, if I have time I'm gonna shout out some more podcasts but uh you guys have a lot of respect for me the solo cast tonight for sure because uh yeah I'm experiencing it firsthand it's a completely different animal so but I will say this I had a lot of fun doing the research and I really got into uh, the theory the theory the uh <laughs> see. I really got into the idea for the show and and what we were going to do. And of course, now I'm losing my voice. But whatever. I have a two-hour time limit. Minimum one hour, maximum two. So let me get right to it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this particular show. We're doing, uh, I'm doing one, Christian's doing one, Brandon's doing one. Guys, I want to finish in first place. So here's what I need you to do download this show when you leave when you go to your uh, whatever go somewhere else significant other whatever different computer and a different IP address download it again go on your phone download it go on your, uh, your spouse's phone download it just keep doing what you gotta do go on Horophilia press play go on Legion Feed press play go on the websites press play boom 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 In other words, pad the numbers. I want to finish in first place. So. (laughs) Okay. But seriously, uh, yeah, I love those guys. I'm actually starting to miss them again. Brandon, are you around? Brandon, where are you? Wow. Honestly, you just made my life so much better because no one's going to remember anything I said. Oh, well, thanks, Christian. Nobody is going to remember anything you said. You're right. Now that you got me here, this is true. How about you, Brandon? Do you have anything to say? You enjoy having him around. (laughs) I do enjoy having him around, Christian. Thank you. I I really do. Brandon, where the hell are you? Wow. Honestly, you just made my life so much better because no one's going to remember anything I said. Yeah, but they are going to remember what an idiot I am. <laughs> oh, just trying to have fun. Oh, mama mia. Brandon, are you there? <laughs> oh, shut, up. shut up, Philip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Philip. All right. <laughs> that, that's helping me get through. That, vodka, whatever else. Um, And I'm going to be talking about some of my favorite found footage movies in just a minute. Uh, Brandon, what do you think about that? Since we're picking one of our favorites, I'm going for, again, another early horror film that I watched over and over, and probably the film in this franchise that I've seen the most. I don't know why, maybe it's just because I was turning eight, nine years old, and that's when I started watching horror films, but that's Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. Oh, wow! Thanks, thanks, B. All right, The New Blood, New Blood... New blood, Brandon. Come on, vodka, kick in. I'm still stuttering. Okay. In all seriousness, let's get on. Let's get on with the main event here. Let's talk about found footage. Now, I know there's people out there saying, you know, found footage is not a sub sub genre. It's a film technique, and I cannot argue that. I will say this: when I uh, found footage is defined on Wikipedia as found footage and then in parentheses, film technique. Then it goes on to say this, found footage is a (laughs) subgenre in films in which all or a substantial part of a fictional film is presented as if it were discovered, film, or video recordings. The events on screen are typically seen through the camera of one or more of the characters involved, often accompanied by the real-time off-camera commentary etc etc. The pr- the footage may be presented as if it were raw and complete or as it had been edited into a narrative by those who found it. Found footage is originally the name of an entirely different genre, but has sometimes been used to describe pseudo documentary with its narrative technique. The film magazine Variety has for example used the term Faw faux I don't know how to pronounce that word found footage film. To describe the 2012 film *Grave Encounters*, 2, the film scholar David Bordwell has criticized this recent use because of the confusion it creates, and instead prefers the term "discovered footage" for the narrative gimmick. Okay, bottom line is, it's the lines have really been blurred here. That's that's you know, that's all there is to it. Uh, people can try to pick on it and say, you know these documentary types aren't found footage found footage is a style it's not a subgenre uh, this is how I'm doing it this is what the show is about like I said the, the lines have been blurred many films in, in, in style of film just they tend to be lumped into that into that same category that's what this is technically it means footage that was found but you know it's basically become an aesthetic Anything that's, like, done as a fictional documentary fits into found footage. Look, of it, look at it like infected being lumped in with zombies. You know, it's... Sure, it's not exactly the same, but that's what we're doing here. I'm going to call them mockumentaries, though, style. Uh, people call them faux fo- or documentary or fakeumentary. I've always preferred mockumentary. Sounds better. It's easier to say. It's it's kind of clever. So that's what I'm going to say. Now, found footage. There, there's a lot more history than, than I imagined here. Uh, this style of film, like most styles of film, it, it goes way back because people have been, you know, doing film for a 100 years. You, you have to expect that they have different ideas. And, you know, a lot of times you think that this was the first. Well, not necessarily. Usually you dig deep, you find things. Um, now, here's what I'm going to say right off the bat with found footage it really only became a problem when it became a trend. And you could say that about anything. I think a lot of times there's there's two negatives to it where if you know, if you want to make a movie like this style, if you're doing it for the sake of storytelling, that's great. But you know, if the studio is having it, you know, was it a mandate for the film to get made. You know, I remember when they wanted to do Friday the 13th found footage style? Uh, you know, that, that's a studio decision. It, it's hard at the time. Do it. It's found footage. If you're going to make a movie, do it. Found footage. It's the hot thing right now. You know, and, and it's unfortunate when that happens. Sometimes it pays off, um, other times, you know, it, it's a mistake. Uh, Diary of the Dead, for example. I have a feeling that you know that was not Romero's idea, that there was studio execs or other people. And personally, I don't have a problem with Diary of the Dead. As a matter of fact, I like it more than the other two that came out. Uh, you know, not the original three, but the the secondary three: Diary, Land, and uh, Survival. Is it making my list? No, it's not. I cannot recommend that. I happen to like it, but I know how a lot of people feel. And it it was kind of a high-profile movie, let's face it. It's a Romero zombie film, so pretty much everyone's probably seen it anyway. So for me to recommend it to people and initially to put it on the list for Christian, it didn't make sense. American Horror Story last year, a lot of people didn't like that. Uh, I happened to love it when they went into that whole found footage thing. I thought it was clever. Um, I don't know exactly what they're complaining about because I just finished it like last month, and I wasn't listening to the reviews as it was happening. But I know the general consensus is a lot of people were disappointed in the season, and I'll be the first to say it wasn't the strongest season. No, definitely not. But I think it was about episode six when they when they when they flipped it around and they started going in and they found footage style. I I really loved that. I thought it added something to it, and I thought it was really clever. And I I enjoyed the hell out of it. I I do admit that the last episode, as usual, got a little crazy. But that's just what that show does, man. That's what I love about it. They just throw a bunch of shit at you. And some of it's great, some of it's not. But they they just go crazy. That's kind of what they're known for. So, you know, whatever. What are are you going to do? You know, I think that found footage is... uh, You know, I've said it before on the show back when I made the the challenge to Christian I said there's since the year 2000 there have been how can I how can I say this if you look at all the slashers that were made and the percentage of slashers that were good and then take a look at you know the found footage movies that were made and the percentage of them that were good found footage has been a a a, a, a better subgenre than slashers it's it's been better than zombie movies I'll tell you that too there's been Tons of bad zombie movies since the 2000s. You know, there's some good ones, but there's a real lot of bad ones. Possessions, uh, ghost stories, haunted houses, all of these different subgenres. There really have been a lot of bad ones. Uh, that's just what you see. Something becomes a trend, and, you know, that's what happens. You see knockoffs of it, you see lower budget versions. The problem, I think, with the found footage. Is that one of the advantages to it is that it's you know it is cheap you know you can make cheap found footage and I'll get into more of that later with uh, I'll discuss some of the you know the cost that it took to make some of these movies and you know that people know that it's a you can film cheaply and make a lot of money so I guess you see more more at-bats if you will of found footage so you do see a lot of shittier ones but there have been a lot of good ones too Um, and and it's don't blame the subgenre for that I mean it's like that with everything it's like I said slashers zombies possessions ghosts haunted houses whatever there's been a ton of bad ones sorry but but there is but and there's been fewer good ones and then there's been fewer you know good found footage here's something I think that's, that's interesting you know, why found footage? What, what do I like about it? Uh, I've said it before, I, I really enjoy the level of immersion. It, it They seem more realistic to me. When I'm watching one of those movies, it just seems more real. Uh, a lot of times you don't recognize the actors. It doesn't seem like they're acting. And I know, insert joke here, yeah, they're not acting. Yeah, 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 they suck, whatever. It's not even that. Most of the time, in in the ones I like, they don't. You know, it's it's just believable. Uh, I, I enjoy uh, the running time. A lot of these movies are 80 minute long. You know, it's just there's there's no there's no downtime. You know, uh, it's the immediacy of the way it's shot. You know, uh, they can set the cameras down when they want. They turn them off. You know, and then they turn them back on so you only have to see the good stuff. That's that's a luxury, not a lot of other type of films have they they have to show you everything it's just part of the narrative but with found footage you know they turn it off they turn it on it's i enjoy that there's not many that are boring i'll tell you that i get bored by by a ton of movies and sure yeah there's some annoying tropes but every subgenre has annoying tropes i mean uh, the biggest complaint about uh, about the handheld is you know how come they got to film everything well, yeah. If they don't film everything, you don't have a movie. You got to suspend disbelief just a little bit here. In slashers, you know, just like they 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 make fun of it and scream. You know, the the big titted girl runs in the house when she should be doing whatever. You know, whatever uh, Nev Campbell says in there. You watch slashers, you could pull your hair out trying to find out. You know, trying to find a reason with why the characters are doing what they're doing, and, and why in supernatural films they keep digging deeper when when trouble started. It's it's not something that's exclusive to found footage. That, that's all I'm going to say. If you want a good comparison, why don't you watch Wreck, the first movie? Watch Wreck, and then when you're done watching it, watch Wreck 4. And then tell me, tell me how you feel. Tell me if uh, you know you find yourself wishing that was found footage. Because it's, believe me, you will. It's just, it has advantages here. Um, and I do believe we're seeing, uh, less of that, less of the film footage. As a matter of fact, I put up a poll on the Facebook page and I got to tell you, I was, uh, really surprised at the result because obviously I'm a big fan of this. I think it's losing steam. You know, I think it's, you know, on the way out, but you guys don't. And, uh, it's kind of funny. I, I didn't expect that. I, I put up a poll, basically. Have found footage mockumentary style of movies run their course, and are they on the way out? And of the votes we got, I have 58 no's and 17 yeses. Well, it's a little more than that, but 17, 18, whatever. 21 and, and 62, something like that. But it was a resounding no people uh you guys didn't think that they're running out of steam and that they're on the way out and I definitely do so that that's I was kind of surprised at that I you know take a look at last year we really didn't have much we had a couple but if you look at you know 2013 14 and 15 they had more 10 through 12 and I'm about, about to get to that there was a ton What we had last year was very little. And I think Blair Witch, which kind of... The Blair Witch Project pretty much kicked off the genre into high gear. Although, we're going to get to that. They they really didn't. I mean, they did in in a manner of speaking, but not a lot followed right away. It took a few years, which I found unusual. That's something that this research... uh, you know, I'm glad I did this research for the show because you'll be surprised. It, It seems like it started with Blair Witch and... Ended it with Blair Witch. Because Blair Witch came out last year and a lot of people did not like it. Personally, I did enjoy it. I saw it at the theater and had a real good time with it. I think that if that movie would not have been Blair Witch, a different movie, and it just would have popped up on Netflix as a a regular found footage movie and changed changed a few things around, I think that people would have, you know, received it much better. But I, I guess... I don't know. I don't know if there's hate on that series in general, or it's just because found footage has run its course, and a lot of the big budget ones, the ones that come to the theaters, uh, ha- have been very, you know, very poor the last few years. And we're gonna get to that as well. But I think that, um, you know, take a look at that movie and what it did and the reception it got critically, uh, you know, everything financially, it, it didn't do that great. It didn't certainly didn't do what they were expecting. So I see it. I think they're, they're going down. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope there's more creative uh, filmmakers out there that can do more stuff with it. But you guys disagree with me. You guys think it's sticking around. And hey, you're not going to get any arguments here. But I, um, I thought I'd talk about that. I also asked what your favorite and least favorite found footage documentary horrors were. And I'm going to get to the results. Um, Jason Lloyd, right off the bat, said, Wreck 1 is the pinnacle. Too many to name for worst. I asked for best and worst. So, <laughs> I, I can't disagree with Rec 1. That's great movie. Cherry Herring, favorite cannibal holocaust. Least favorite VHS. Hmm. Alicia Newman, favorite troll hunter. Least Blair Witch, all of them. That goes back to what I was saying. Uh, a lot of hate for the Blair Witch. Jason Lloyd said, The Devil's Farm is the worst I can think of. Bad Ben was the worst of 2016. I didn't mind Bad Ben. Uh, whatever. Re- uh, Rebecca Lee Shuffler, My Favorite is the Bay. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Least Favorite VHS, Viral. Uh, Justin Lohr comes in, says the final prayer. And we're going to get to that because I watched that for the first time for this very show. Amanda Winglenick, The Last Broadcast. One of my favorites the worst is the pyramid i have not seen the pyramid but i have seen last broadcast kevin clark <laughs> why do you do this to me can i give you my top five and then go into least favorite so he loves found footage wonderful i don't know if he came back we'll see matt Trinkowski, cannibal holocaust it's yes, for least favorite at the tie between pyramid and last broadcast so a lot of dissension with the last broadcast ian william crow in the borderlands is my favorite Mr. Jones is abysmal. No, The Borderlands is the same thing as Final Prayer. So people are digging that. Kevin Clark came back. Okay. The Kipsy Tapes, Troll Hunter, The Bay, The Blair Witch Project, and Wreck are in my top five. got to say, I like that. I'm big fan of all five of those movies. So right on. That's good. Uh, Jillann, favorite mockumentary? Lake Mungo. Again, big fan of that. I, I recently, uh, it's not out yet. Of course, of course, maybe by the time you hear this, it will be, but on the ABCs A Hidden Horror, that was my L movie, Lake Mungo. So check out that podcast if you haven't and listen to that episode in particular. Eric Webster, The Bay is Awesome. The Gallows was not. Aha. I'm going to talk about The Gallows again later. Julianne, again, Blair Witch Project, comparing all my activity, are her favorites, least favorite, Gallows and VHS Viral. Okay. Chris General, Man, the best... It's so tough as I have so many I love. Glad to hear that. I'm going with Punishment Park. Awesome and disturbing fake that no one ever talks about. I'll be talking about it later, although I haven't seen it. But I will. Um, BC. Best Cannibal Holocaust. Worst, I will go with Yellow Brick Road. I've never seen that. Hmm. Had so much potential, and somehow they managed to fuck it up royally. Nelson Nascimento. Favorite, Wreck. The taking of Deborah, Deborah Logan. Least favorite, Willow Creek. Ah... I'm in the Willow Creek camp, actually. A lot of people don't like it. I'll get I'll get to that later. Greg Cummings, Wreck. Another one. My favorite that immediately comes to mind, least would be Sick House, that Snapchat movie. Mm, I haven't seen that one. Interesting. The Ram Man. Favorite, as above, so below. Least favorite, The Gallows. More Gallows hate. But admittedly, I have not seen as much found footage as most people in this group. Patrick Hart, favorite, VHS 2012. Neil Robson, Lake Mungo for favorite. Very eerie and well done. Least probably VHS 3, also known as viral. So a lot of hate on that one. Not really a found footage guy, so it's hard to answer. Well, hopefully I can steer you in that direction. Casey Bates, gotta go with Wreck as my favorite. There you go. With the original Blair Witch close behind, right on. I've seen too many bad ones to pick out the worst. All right, Travis Christian. Day of, pardon me, Diary of the Dead surprised me. Nice, nice to see some love for that. Hated Blair Witch. Hmm. BC, I'm one of the seven people who loved Diary of the Dead. Well, seven, Travis Christian, BC, me, we, we all like Diary of the Dead. So cool. Bryson, Burtock, Best is Cloverfield and What We Do in the Shadows. I'm not sure about the worst. All I've seen have been pretty decent. I'd like to hear that. All right, Willis Wheeler. I like the OG Blair Witch. The remake to Wreck was okay until you realize they showed it in the end on the TV ad. Oh, yeah, I, I know what he's talking about. The uh, Yeah, if you look at the TV ad or even the cover of the box for Quarantine, you, you see that, yeah. So that, that's unfortunate. I still enjoy the movie. Jonathan Watkins, favorite is, favorite is the Blair Witch. The worst one I've seen is probably the St. Saint, Saint Francisville Experiment. Uh, more on that one later. And by Blair Witch, he means the original, okay. Tara Sloan, favorite, The Sacrament. I'm a big fan of movies about cults. Least favorite, The Visit. Wow, what a hot pile of shit that film was. Wow, Hmm, I I like that one. (laughs) Mr. Watson, this is good. The Asylum's 2009 entry, Paranormal Entity, is both my favorite and my least favorite. (laughs) Okay. Is it a ripoff of my real favorite found-footage film? Yup, but does that main character and Paranormal Entity appear to have the hots for his sister in this movie? Yup, <laughs> ergo, it's my favorite. All right. In actuality, his favorite is Paranormal Activity. Okay, something about the simplicity of this film and the demonic theme just resonates with me. If they'd stopped at number three, this might be one of the GOAT franchises. I agree. Yes, I agree about 1 through 3. Not fair for Apollo 18. Hmm. The only reason I didn't leave the theater during this nonsense was because the girl I was with was persuasive. Ah, All right. Hmm. I did not mind Apollo 18. Uh, Jared Fair. Crow's Nest is a really good one and a little underrated. Yeah, I, I talk about that. Paranormal Activity is in my top Ten franchises, so there's that. Wow, Jason Lloyd also a fan of Crow's Nest. All right, Donnie Knob. I really liked Creep, and I remember not liking Quarantine. Okay, so thanks everybody. Really appreciate the help. You're helping me get through this uh <laughs> this this two hour show. Looks like it's gonna go two hours now because I'm uh yeah cool. Well, I hope you guys aren't sick of me yet. And, you know, I hope you're we, you're like, dude, come on, let's hear the history, get on with it, everything else. We are going to take one final break, and then we're going to come back, and then I'm really going to get into it, promise. I just want to have a few more sips of this vodka. Be right back. Thanks, guys. okay guys, we're back once again. Let's get into this. I've been jerking around here long enough. Uh, now I know why Watson Mr. Watson I, I know you I know why you drink uh, whiskey. this is um, it's a lot different man. It's I have no filter you know I have nobody to bounce off of. It's just a, a completely different experience so you know I, I gotta give gotta give you guys props again so yeah okay found footage first of all how did all this start it all it didn't necessarily start with horror that much I can tell you the funny thing is the first thing I could I, I, that I could pull up was actually a show a UK show called uh, Panorama started in 1953 it was a documentary news show Made a different type of stuff uh Maybe it's something like sixty minutes, like we have here, but this is from the UK. But they actually uh, did something quite funny. They they episode five. Pardon me. Episode thirteen, season five. It aired April first, nineteen fifty seven. And you probably know where I'm going. April first. Um, it ended up being an April Fool's joke. But um, they they put up something called the Spaghetti Harvest, and. Basically, according to IMDb, this episode perpetrated the Great Spaghetti Harvest hoax on April Fool's Day 1957. The film report appeared to show a Swiss family harvesting their annual crop of spaghetti, which was growing on trees on their farm, talked about the efforts to eradicate the spaghetti weevil and discussed the selective breeding that had been required to produce spaghetti of a uniform length. Many viewers believe what they saw and contacted the BBC to inquire <laughs> how to grow their own spaghetti tree. The advice that they were given was place a sprig of spaghetti in a tin of tomato sauce and hope for the best. <laughs> so, uh, I gotta give these guys props here. They, they, they played a joke. They, they had a mockumentary, uh, April Fool's Day, and, and basically had people believing that spaghetti grew on trees. So, uh... <laughs> I don't know how they pulled it off, but they did. So, uh, that's a mockumentary. And we're going to talk about them because they came first. There there were other ones. You have um, The War Game, 1965. I'm going to credit Bloody Disgusting with this uh, article about um, different mockumentaries from the past. You may be surprised to see such a vintage entry in a genre that otherwise a 21st century phenomenon... But you'd be amazed at how chilling this extremely controversial UK television movie can be. It's a news documentary format. Pardon me. It uses the news documentary format to package a film in horrifying scenario in which Cold War tensions finally ignite into a thermonuclear exchange over Europe. Hmm. So this was filmed. That style, mockumentary style, is a war. But it, it wasn't real. So punishment park somebody brought this up earlier punishment park it's an experimental film set in a fictional dystopia where protesters are labeled traitors by the state and rounded into camp okay it's fictional so i don't know if it really fits the criteria of 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 a a mockumentary but that's what it is if i'm wrong i'm sorry i know somebody mentioned it um but yeah punishment park 1971 now this takes me to something i've seen well I, that i watched for this very show i was doing a little research and i came across the legend of boggy creek now i'd heard about this movie before uh people that are into the whole bigfoot thing that are into this as a child i never really understood or cared about bigfoot uh, you know was a kid in the 80s and I remember hearing about it, Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, UFOs, There was different shows. To me, it never resonated with me in the slightest because just as a kid, I just, I'm like, what is so scary? What is the big deal about a a giant ape walking around? It just seemed to me like, I really didn't get the concept until years later, but I just never cared. So what if there's a a seven-foot monkey or whatever walking around in the woods? I just, how is that anything? I just... I didn't care an ape, a gorilla. It just seemed like another monkey creature to me. It's just there was nothing fantastical about it. Uh, I understand more now what, what the uh, the fascination is, and that movie exists. Really did a great job of uh, reinforcing that because that took it to a whole other level. And damn, that's yeah, that's a good film. But I I, I wanted to uh, be as accurate as I could when I talked about the history here so I checked out this Boggy Creek and it turns out it's really not done like a mockumentary again it's, it's just it's not what we've come to see the one thing they had going is the at the beginning it says this is a true story some of the people in this motion picture portray themselves in many cases on actual locations so I started watching this movie it was real bad it was on Shutter. But it was real bad quality, the film. I guess that's just how it looks. But it wasn't really done as a mockumentary. It didn't have that documentary look. It was like a regular movie. I mean, there were some scenes in the beginning where it looks like someone just put a camera there, and it's, you know, because these people aren't actors, and they're just having a conversation and stuff. But after five minutes of this, I fast forward a little bit, you know, maybe it's going to, you know, but I gave up. I said, you know what? Might be a good movie. I don't know. Uh, It just, just wasn't for me. And it doesn't really count as far as I'm concerned, The Legend of Boggy Creek. So so that's that. There were more, but they were later on. So those are the earliest mockumentary types. There was another movie in 19... Okay, we're not there yet. We're in 1980. Let's discuss 1980 because that's the one that a lot of people credit as being the first one. And a lot of people say Cannibal Holocaust was the first. Well, it's not the first you know, based upon what I've already, you know, explained here, but it does have footage that was found. So I guess in in, in that respect, it was the first that did that. Uh, Is it, you know, the thing is, I've only seen that movie once. I can't really speak too much on it. I'm not going to watch it again. It's that whole animal violence thing, whatever. Some people don't care. Some people care. I didn't appreciate having to see that. It's just not my cup of tea, whatever. But I watched it for the first time just not too long ago, a couple years ago. And it was shot on film. You know, it didn't really look to me like a found footage. The found footage I'm used to doesn't look like a film. Unless I'm wrong in those videos that they brought back, that the found footage that they were showing did have that look. But then again, this is 1980 film stock. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert on, on that stuff. I do know that there was trouble in... You know uh, they had to, I think the, the director told them to disappear for a year to make it seem believable and then they had to come to court because people thought it was real so it was very believable so it does deserve props so I mean yeah cannibal holocaust it, it, it deserves props for what it is and uh 1984 we discussed this it was mentioned last week uh, or our last show it was on the list of 13 uh lesser known found footage movies we dare you to see 1984 and this is weird because I actually did see a little bit of this uh, a while back and as I researched I realized that Manson Family Movies from 1984 uh, <laughs> this movie I saw it I rented it once and I didn't even know if I finished it it wasn't very good it was done like film you know done like a home video i guess uh manson didn't look like a manson at all he looked more like a mexican manson or something it he didn't just didn't see my like charles manson i remember that they had like uh, men dressed up as as the women like the manson girls were actually men it was weird there was just a lot of weirdness to it and i don't know if it was done tongue in cheek but it, it was basically uh, the events that were leading up to uh, what do you call? They were leading up to the the, the Tate-LaBlanca murders. Basically, what it was in in the research I did with the descriptions I came up, it says after the infamous 69 murders of Sharon Tate and friends, rumors suggested that Charles Manson and the members of his family may have filmed bizarre home videos documenting their crimes and possibly even murders. These rumors became the basis for John S. Nehill's Manson Family Movies, which was released straight to video in 1984, an exploitation of the real-life horror story that gripped and terrified the nation in the late 1960s. The 8mm film showed what that home movie footage may have looked like if it were to be found, and it documented the fictionalized events leading up to and including the Tate LeBlanca, LaBianca murders. Excuse me. So, that's something that happened. Manson Family Murders. Maybe I'll try to watch... Manson Family Movies, pardon me. Maybe I'll try to watch it. We're going to have to. It was on the list, so that that was the challenge. So, 1985 brings us Guinea Pig 2, Flower of Flesh and Blood. Now, I have not seen these guinea pig movies, um, so I, I can't say, but... The information I have on this one is that it's really short. It's 42 minutes. It's a short, really, but it counts as a movie or whatever. It's part of the guinea pig uh, series. Uh, A woman walking home late at night is attacked by her unknown assailant who knocks her out with chloroform. When she regains consciousness, she finds herself tied to a bed in a blood-spattered dungeon at the mercy of a white-faced man in a samurai helmet who wants to turn her into a flower of blood and flesh. He then proceeds to slowly dismember her and disembowel her as the camera records it all. So, it sounds to me like a fake snuff film. Like August Underground. And they, they come later. Same type of thing. So, that's that's what they were doing there. After that, we go on to UFO Abduction. Now, this is strange. 1989. The video is from 1983. There is a lot uh, lot going on here because they they did it again and uh, there's more I'll get on that later. It's also known as the McPherson tapes, UFO abduction um, it was shot on a budget of uh, $6500. Um, the, there's a man filming a birthday party. I just watched this too. It, it really does look like a regular home movie. It's just something you would have seen in the 80s something that I would have uh, a video that I would have been making and eventually they go outside, they see a ship. Uh, they see little green men walking around, if you will. It was different. Very low budget, like I said. Interesting ending. Uh, it's not available. You're not going to find it. It's on It's on YouTube, though. It's not available on DVD. Yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. At the end, they're abducted by aliens, basically, you know. Um, but it's a home home video, and whatever. They did the best they could, but it's an, early, it's an early found footage, 1989. So also in 1989, we had a movie which was kind of like um, that war movie I mentioned before, which I already forgot the name, so sorry for that. But that movie was called 84 Charlie Mopic. And again, that was another war-type movie. It's an American independent war film drama. So it's not a horror movie. It's basically a... Created as a mock-up documentary of a long-range renaissance patrol (LRRP) mission during the Vietnam War, the point of view is from the camera following a, a following an LRRP team on a five-day patrol deep in Indian country territory controlled by the North Vietnamese. The cameraman is named, nicknamed Mopic by the team, because of his alphanumeric military occupational specialist. So. The supposedly routine mission, however, goes wrong and eventually turns into a struggle for a survivor. So it's a you know it's a war version of a foul footage movie, and that's what they got into next. That was 1989. So as you can see, you know there were there were quite a lot of of things going on before Blair Witch. You know, so Man Bites Dog, 1992. This movie comes from France. Now this one. I watched specifically for the show. I'd never seen this before. It was quite interesting, actually. Uh, pretty brutal. If you haven't seen it and, and you like um, brutal-type films, then that's what I'm going to recommend for you. Basically, you're following a guy. It's it's done documentary style, like all these have been. And you're, you're following him around. He's actually... He has quite a... Uh, Engaging personality. But, you know, he's killing people. And, you know what, in a way, it's like um, the precursor to uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Although this is a lot more, even though the guy's kind of funny, it's, it's a much more serious movie. Um, he has a dozen kills in a row at one time. They're, they're bloody. He gives an old lady a heart attack. He just does different things. It gets real crazy towards the end. There's a rape. Uh, the crew actually starts to get more involved with him. They're actually like on board with some things. Uh, they run into another film crew at one point. Listen, I don't want to give anything away, but Man Bites Dog. Uh, you know, it's a French movie, like I said. It's shot black and white. It's pretty brutal. So, check that one out. But even before that, let me go back. 1991... There's another movie here called America's Deadliest Home Video. And pardon me for, um, you know, the the slight um, guffaw there. I should have mentioned this one first. But America's Deadliest Home Video, interesting movie. Um, This one can be found on Amazon. You can rent it. I rented this last week. Basically, it's um, Denny Bonaduce from The Partridge Family is the star. He's kind of an annoying guy. He's celebrating as his anno- his, his annoying his, uh, <laughs> his anniversary with his wife second anniversary, I believe. Um, he's taking videos of them. He's saying stuff to her about I, I got you a um, what do you give her? She's supposed to, supposed to be going to bartending school so he gets her uh, a mixer and a, a book I think about you know beginning bartending stuff like that. He seems like he's, a, he's really into his wife. He's really trying to help her out. You know, he loves her. But he soon finds out that she hasn't been going to class. She's cheating. He follows her to her lo- to uh, her lover's house. And he sees her screwing this guy right in the middle of the floor of his living room. Uh, he gets distraught. He drives cross-country. He continues to videotape what he's doing. He's like one of those guys that just bought a camera, so he's really into it. Then he encounters three criminals... A man and his girlfriend, and another girl. And he, um, at first, you think that they're going to kill him, but then they say, hey, maybe we can use him. He's got a camera. You know, uh, he's kind of a zany guy, the, 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 this uh, lead guy that's, you know, the leader of the, of the crew. And they start committing crimes, uh, ro- some robberies. Uh, the one girl's real really into murder. She just seems like she just wants to kill everybody. And he has this girlfriend who, out of the three, seems like the best person in our lead kind of develops a, a relationship, a friendship with her. It, it almost seems like it's going to be taken to a different place, the relationship at one point. Actually, I, I really enjoyed this movie for the most part. and I, I, I would recommend this one. It's going to go on the list. There's an unexpected twist-type ending. Uh, but yeah, I, I have to recommend that one. That, that is one to check out. So now, another foreign movie in 1992 was Ghostwatch. I mentioned this on the last show. That's that one that was brought to you by the BBC. It had real BBC personalities on it. It was aired on Halloween. Another movie that uh, ended up pranking people. People believed it was true. You know, like War of the Worlds and like uh, the spaghetti harvest that I was talking about earlier. Really well done. Very hard to see. I can't even find it now. I, I saw it on YouTube a few years ago. Can't even find it now. So if anybody can get their hands on it, Please do, I couldn't get a DVD and a pinch or anything like that, so I couldn't rewatch it. But that is definitely one to get into. Highly recommended, Ghost Watch. And let me correct myself. America's Deadliest Home video came out in nineteen ninety three. Not ninety one. So I was correct. I didn't make a mistake. It wasn't ninety one. So ha! You don't have to excuse me, although I've made enough, you know I'm I'm already, you know. A sinking ship on the show as it is. So, whatever. <laughs> um, now, the movie that I referred to earlier about the UFO abduction, this is where it gets strange. They re released it. They didn't re release it, they remade it. Same director, different people. And they put it on TV. It was a TV movie. It was released in January of 98. And this time it was called Alien Abduction Incident at Lake County. The first one was called UFO Abduction, The McPherson Tapes. And this is basically the same thing with a bigger budget. Now this is really weird because people believed it was true and there was even a UPN documentary about this, the, the uh, incident at Lake County. So the movie came out and then another, I don't know if it's the same movie. It wasn't the same movie because it was people doing it documentary style as if this was a real thing that happened. So they, had, they were somehow able to squeeze three movies out of this. There was the original from uh, from 83, from 89. And then there was this one, Alien Abduction, in 98. And then the TV movie that was done documentary style. So, kind of strange. I was not able to view that one. But the UPN documentary, that is on YouTube. So, check that, check that one out if you can. That's pretty interesting, actually. So, yeah, if you can get your hands on that. Do it. Watch the UPN video, and uh, and there you have it. Now we move on to the last broadcast, 1998. This is the one a lot of people discuss because it came out a year before the uh, Blair Witch Project. Now this movie here, I rewatched it. You know, it comes out it says the following: people are not actors. Straight up mockumentary, you know, but but mixed with lost tapes, so it's found footage and mockumentary style. They're doing a little bit of both, which a lot of them do. You know, even the Blur Wishes is the same thing. So, whatever, it's the lines are blurred, like I said earlier. I enjoyed this movie. It was these guys, uh, Factor Fiction. They they started this show, a public access show. This isn't real. This is the plot of the movie, and they want to go see the Jersey Devil and uh, <laughs> yeah they uh, they go out there they get a couple guys this one I think this one is on YouTube so check it was filmed for $900 I will say this this is the movie that th- there is some aspects of being led astray in the woods they see the Blair Witch project l- ripped them off I don't know if they saw that but if they did they may have been filmed at the same time even it came out a year earlier but you know how that goes there was a little of that but i really enjoyed this movie until the end i don't like the way it ended I, they didn't have to go there there was just some things that didn't make sense at the very end it's really unfortunate because everything else about this movie was really was really good i thought it well done movie uh, there was one real uncomfortable murder Right, right before the ending. You know, how that arose didn't make a whole lot of sense. If, if you watch the movie, you'll, you'll get what I'm talking about. But I just, you know, didn't completely love it, but I'd still recommend it, just the ending is what it is. Now here we go. This is the first big game changer. Everyone knows what it is. The Blitter Witch Project. I gotta say, uh, I rewatched this movie for the first time in years uh, after I saw Blair Witch the new one I enjoyed it and I, I, I've since watched it again I watched it last week for the show didn't enjoy it quite as much as I did with the theater experience but I still enjoyed it I think I said it was an 8 or seven and a half when I saw it at the theater i bumped that down to a 7 out of 10 now but you know what am I going to say to you you've probably already seen it either you like it or you don't So, but I, I still do recommend it I think it's a good movie if you're a found footage fan it's a good movie that's, that's my opinion on that one. But what they did right here was marketing. Marketing, marketing. And no one's been able to do it since. Uh, you know, they were putting up pictures of missing people from the movie for a month or two before it even came out. Uh, they came out with that companion piece, The Curse of the Blair Witch, which which reinforced it even more. And that was shown on sci-fi it just reinforced the realism of everything it was all about the marketing you know it was the first came to the theater you know there was talk about it nothing like this had happened before or really since and they've tried they've tried but they just you know it doesn't work even even the you know Blair Witch from last year the whole thing they could have done it right they marketed it as the woods and then a month or two before it comes out they say well We lied. It's actually Blair Witch. Where maybe they could have got more buzz if they just released the movie as The Woods and then let people go and see the movie and then see that it was Blair Witch and then, boom, instant buzz. That would have been an internet frenzy. It would have been all over. More people would have seen it. It just would have been a bigger deal to surprise everybody thinking they're going to see some generic movie and then, boom, hey, it's Blair Witch instead of letting the cat out of the bag before... I just I don't get that I think they dropped the ball there and I think it may have you know been one of the reasons why it was panned people may have gotten pissed off but whatever what's done is done it famously was made for sixty thousand dollars and made 250 million dollars which I mean what can you say amazing and like I said, I went back and I watched it. For years I've been talking about it, but I haven't seen it in years because I'm such a found footage fan. And I said, it's probably going to be very tame by today's standards and everything else because you've seen so many different things. and They've implemented, you know, much more. And, you, you know, as I talk about the movies that, that are going to come after you'll see what I'm saying. And I was wrong. I went back and I watched this movie for the first time in years, and it blew me away. I was completely in the moment with them. It was scary. It, it was realistic. I thoroughly enjoy this movie. I think it's fantastic, The Blitter Witch Project. Uh, what else can I say? Uh, it's too bad that the, that the other movies... And this is what I think has hurt found footage. Is that the other movies that have come out with big marketing have flopped. Devil's Do and The Devil Inside, they did some real harm. They played to a big audience and didn't live up. I mean, what they did with the devil inside really pissed people off. You know, at the end of the movie, go to a website. I mean, what's clever about that? It's stupid. It's, it's, it's nothing like Blair Witch did. It, you know, Devil's do. they were parading babies around, fake babies. They were jumping out of uh, carriages to, to promote it, and there was a lot of buzz, and the movie came, and just no big deal. I didn't even hate the movie. I thought it was stupid, the ending. You know, the, the third act didn't make sense. That was the problem. The lead up to me was fine. I just, but it's another movie that because of that really gets shit on. People really just think it's a complete piece of shit. I don't, I don't think it is, but I think it's the letdown. I think it's found footage at the theater that gets a lot of exposure, a, a lot of promotion, and then ends up being bad. I think people make it out to be worse than it is like The Gallows, like I was talking before. The Gallows, to me, is an average movie. It's not a, It's not terrible. It's definitely not good. There's some good about it. Uh, there wasn't enough kills. I liked the intro. I liked the setting. I liked the way the killer looked, a little sackhead action. You know I'm a big Jason Friday the 13th 2 fan. Um, some of the things didn't make sense. I agree with that. But I don't think it's as bad as everyone makes it out to be. I think it's one of those movies that, because of the promotion... And because they were saying, some I think they were making comparisons to Freddy and Jason, and I don't know what they said, but I remember some, you know. And I, you know, I can't stand when they do that. I've said that before. I just don't compare if it's if a movie's good enough to stand up on its own, and the character is the the antagonist, then they will make a name for themselves. They didn't come out and say, "Hey, Jigsaw," when Saw came out. He's going to be the new name. They don't they don't have to say that. The movie will speak for itself, but. I really don't think the gallows is as bad as people make it out to be. Granted, I'm not saying it's good. I just I have seen worse. There there are some bad found footage movies and and yeah, I just there's worse than that. Now here's what I was saying before. Blair Witch comes out in July 1999, makes so much money, makes 239 million approximately in profit. I mean, <clears throat> You would have thought that everybody would have struck right away. Because that's what happens in horror. That's what happens in, in, in film. Something big happens, and then everybody tries to, to piggyback off them and make money. Especially when you're making a movie for $60,000. You can make it on the cheap and make a lot of money. You would have thought that everybody and their mother would be putting out a Blair Witch right after. And that's really not what happened. Very few, actually. Very, very few movies came out. And uh, I was really surprised. And, and the two that did, right away, were not well-received at all. You have somebody mentioned it earlier, the St. Francisville Experiment. That came out in 2000. It was made for $25,000, and there really isn't uh, any good word said about it. If you go over to IMDb, I think there's only one rating, and it's um, <laughs> it's trashed. You know, you don't hear anything about it. It was, like I said, it was filmed on a very small budget. It's just not well received. So it, it came and it went in nothing. You know, that was the only one. They wanted another one called the 909 Experiment, which I tried to watch on um, YouTube. It could be found if you dig. And that was just filmed with like, it was like a home video I would have made in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> Not a lot happened. It looked real home video ish, just straight up VHS. But, like, to the just sometimes it's charming when it's done right, but it's hard to explain why it looked really bad. It was just as if I put a videotape in, which I guess you would think would be a good thing. It would be, you know, make it more authentic. But not much happened. It just was not very good. So that's that's really all you happened right all that happened right away the nine oh nine experiment a couple of experiments and the the St. Francisville experiment and getting back to the St. Francisville experiment it's um <laughs> let's see what it says here four young people spend a night in a haunted mansion <laughs> that's all you got it has a 4.1 rating on IMDb oh it's PG thirteen I just I don't know what they were doing here. I just... Whatever. So instead of doing anything, they went to a a generic ghost story after the Blair Witch. I don't know. But that's all they did. Then you get August Underground 2001. Now, not a fan. I know some people like it. Again, it's just a fake snuff film. So, whatever. Done found footage style. Done with a, a handheld camera or whatever. So... But that's all you had, so you have this big splash. Arguably, I mean, I don't know. There's probably no argument because it's facts. But I mean, the movie makes 239 million in profit. <laughs> Plus, you're not going to see many movies make that kind of money, <laughs> especially based off a of 60k investment to make 240 million. And then what? It, what? What follows up? Nothing. Two shit balls. Then August Underground. And that's, that's it. Now, there's another movie I just recently learned about. It's called The Collingswood Story. And this one is also hard to find in a pinch. Maybe it's out there on DVD. I couldn't find it streaming anywhere, not Amazon, nothing. Uh, the only place I did find it was on YouTube. But it's I don't know if you guys know about this, but you can put certain movies on YouTube legally if they don't have a release, I think. But in some cases, for some reason, you have to put it on like one and a half speed. And it's, you know, you're, it's usually, you know, some people know uh, Dave Z 1.5, it works. But not when you're getting the, now when you're trying to watch something and you're hearing their voices talk like chipmunks. So you're watching, you know, a, a couple of chipmunks on a video phone. Quite an interesting thing, because for the time, it was 2002, it was like they were Skyping. It was a boyfriend and a girlfriend. and again in New Jersey, Collingswood, Collingswood, New Jersey, they're talking on the phone. She's in a house, a new place that she's staying for school, I think it was. Um, it's you know, the quality that I had and you know, with it being on 1.5 didn't help matters. but I saw some certain other scenes. That, you know, they just put random scenes on YouTube. Uh, two minutes here, two minutes there in, in the regular style. And uh, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the movie because I did, but it was kind of hard given the circumstances. But I, I'd like to watch this in full the right way. It's pretty interesting. I don't completely understand what they were doing because I, I, there was no Skype in 2002, but they had a video phone. They, it was basically set up like Skype calls, and she was taking her laptop places with her, and she had a video phone, It was interesting. I I don't want to get too into it, but, you know, check it out if you can. It's not going to be easy, but it's called The Collingswood Story from 2002. So, then after that, you have that movie, My Little Eye, which we discussed on uh, 22 Shots and Moods and Horror when we did the 2002 show, which implemented like a Big Brother type thing. So the entire movie, to my recollection, was not done found footage, but you had that implemented in there. You had the um you know, the webcams in, in each room and you were following things there. So then we have a movie in two thousand three. It was called The Wixboro Incident. Now this movie let me let me I'm just gonna straight up read what I have off uh, IMDB. IMDB Wixboro incident. Okay. Uh, the Wicksboro Incident. I have not been able to see this one. It's a short one, hour and 11 minutes. In 1953, the entire population of Wicksboro, Texas, vanishes. Forty-five years later, a witness comes out of hiding to tell the story. So, I'm guessing this is mockumentary style. I don't know, but it has good ratings on the B. 5.3, which is, does, is nothing to write home about, but for horror and phone footage, that's kind of promising. But everything I'm reading, you know, they got sevens, a ten. Different things, different, you know, different opinions. But this is one I'd like to see. And if you seek it out, if you can, 2003. But bottom line, Blair Witch 99, and then these handful of films after. Not a lot and kind of surprising. 2005 we have the last horror movie. And I remember when that came out because Fangoria, it was a Fangoria movie. They either produced it or promoted, whatever it was, Fangoria was involved. And that movie was kind of like, uh, you know, I saw it and I liked it. Um, I haven't seen it since, but it was basically a guy was putting videotapes in video stores. They were being rented and people were seeing the things he was doing. He was a pretty charismatic killer. This guy, I think his name was Max, to the best of my knowledge. It was fun. Here's the IMDb uh, synopsis. A serial killer uses a horror video rental to lure his next victim. What begins as a teen slasher transforms into a disturbing journey through the mind of Max Perry, a mild-mannered man- wedding photographer with a taste for human flesh. Okay. So there you go. There's another one used in, the, in this format. 2005, the last horror movie. Now... This one here, 2005, Norai, N-O-R-O-I, The Curse. I'll tell you something. I saw this for the first time the other day. This can be found on YouTube. And this comes from Japan, and it's probably the longest of these type of movies I've ever seen. It's, It's done mockumentary style. It's almost two hours long. But I'll tell you what. I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, Check it out. A documentary filmmaker explores seemingly unrelated paranormal incidents connected by the legend of an ancient demon called the Kagutaba. And I definitely recommend this film. As its title suggests, it concerns a curse. There's, There's regular Japanese tropes in there. There's psychics. There's rituals. There's fetuses. Uh... But this movie really relies on the plot. It's unlike what you would expect from a found footage mockumentary type film. It's its own thing. And I, I this, this, this one goes right to my list. I, I really enjoyed this one. I can't believe, considering I'm a fan of Asian horror and found footage, that it took me this long to watch it. But it did. But I'm glad I saw it. And that, that is one I recommend. So, Norai the Curse, 2005, check it out. Then we have a movie called The Zombie Diaries, 2006, which I don't know if it's any good, but there's, a, it, there's kind of an interesting premise here. It isn't like your typical zombie, um, you know, handheld cam type movie that we may be seeing more of these days. Let me, let me uh, kick this to you here. The Zombie Diaries. In the early part of the 21st century... An unknown deadly virus is spreading among the population. The planet becomes infected with a new threat unlike any other, the undead. Three compelling video diaries chart the beginning of the plague through the last days of the apocalypse. In the first, a documentary film crew traveling the countryside becomes caught in the outbreak and are forced to survive at all costs. In the second, a husband and a wife flee London and meet a mysterious hitchhiker, scavenging the remnants of dead towns where shadows lurk at every turn. In the third, a group of survivors escape the virus, making their way to a farm for a refuge, only to find themselves attacked by the creatures who now rule the night. So it's kind of interesting. It's like anthology style, I guess. Three different films in one. Uh, it's only an hour and 25 minutes. I'd like to see this one. You know, it is on Amazon. I should have rented it, and I didn't. I dropped the ball there. Time was running out. It's one of those Dimension uh, Extreme movies with a very generic cover. Maybe it sucks. I don't know. It just I, I kind of like the sound of it. How the, how it's three different stories. So that's from 2005. Now we're going to get into a lot of the movies that are that were on my list and the reason this whole thing began. And at the end, I'm gonna I'm gonna read them all off the ones that, that made the list that stay there. This is interesting. Alone With Her came out in April of 2006. It had a $1 million budget. It didn't even make 25% of it back. I don't know if, you know, at least not in theaters. Maybe they've, you know, got some residuals from, uh, because I originally saw it on either Hulu or Netflix. I don't know exactly about how that works, but that one is on my list. Uh, So... I guess I can give you a synopsis for that For that one, Alone With Her. I really am losing my voice here, and I'm talking, 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 talking. Holy cow. All right, um, Alone With Her. A quiet but disturbed young man puts the life of a woman he's obsessed with under a virtual microscope when he installs hidden cameras throughout her house. Uh, I enjoyed this one. Like I said, it's on my list. It was one that I originally challenged Christian to. A guy that's kind of obsessed with this girl... Meets her, sets it up how he's going to meet her. Uh, He's real tech-savvy, stalks her, things get crazy. Just an interesting movie. You know, it it seems to me like the first of its type. So, I enjoyed I didn't know that it was that old, so I I have to respect that. You know, 2006. Um, Behind the Mask also came out in 2006, which a lot of people are familiar with. Leslie Vernon, very good movie. Of course that's on the list. You know, then we get the Poughkeepsie tapes. And again, I had no idea that this was very early for, you know, the, a lot of the ones that are on my list are are 2006 plus. Actually, I think they all are. All the ones that I challenged Christian to, yeah, they all came after 2006. So beyond the, Alone With Her was the first one, Behind the Mask, and then Poughkeepsie tapes. Now, I think you can still see Poughkeepsie tapes on, uh, on YouTube. If you search, uh, it might not even be that easy. I could be wrong. That's how I saw it, but it never got an official release. Apparently, um, when it played at a theater at a screening, for some reason the crowd turned on the director. He said that this was real, and I guess because of what happened with Blair Witch, it left a bad taste in their mouth. I don't know what it was, but something happened. So I heard at the um, at the screening and didn't get picked up. Never got a release, but. It's definitely on the list, highly recommend it, 6.1 on um, IMDB, and it's on the list, check it out. Now, 2007, one of the the best ones, Wreck, the original, Wreck came out in 2007, and Part 2 came out in 2009, and you can't really get much better than those two. Big fan of them both, if you haven't seen that movie, those movies, you really should. They uh, they came from Spain. Uh, They were remade, of course. It's quarantine. But yeah, check it out. Also, 2007, that began Paranormal Activity. So you get two real heavy hitters. That kind of changed the game. Wrecking Paranormal Activity. uh, Probably the biggest names since Blair Witch. Paranormal Activity, really, you know, (laughs) there's been so many knockoffs of that. A lot of bad ones. A lot of bad ones. But from where I sit, I think it's a real good movie. Uh, 2007 for Part 1, 2010 for Part 2, and 2011 for Part 3. Uh, those three movies, someone said it earlier on our, on our Facebook page, uh, that if it would ended at 3, it would have been perfect. And I, I agree, those three are great. 3 has actually done a prequel, and the story of 1 and 2 and 3 connects just fine. They didn't go too far with it Um even though I do like the marked ones. And I don't hate on Part 4 and um, the Ghost Dimension. I don't hate on them. I just don't think that they're at the same level as 1, 2, and 3. But I have to recommend that. Lake Mungo, 2008. Like I said, I just you'll be hearing that on ABC's The Hidden Horror. Definitely check that out. I think that just arrived on Shudder. So check that one out. Home Movie, also 2008. And also one that was on the uh, on our new challenge that we're going to be taking this year. I've seen it. I don't know if those guys have. I can't remember what they said last show, but I'll, I'll gladly watch it again. Uh, pretty disturbing, but very good film. This, this is one, you know, like I said, a lot of my movies that are on the Christian verse found footage on my challenge list, this is where they start. You know, 2006, 7, 8, and here we go. Um, here's another one. Interesting. Great movie. Excellent movie. We reviewed this one, Cloverfield. This is what's interesting. It was a big budget found footage that came to the theater, made money, and yet we didn't see a whole lot more of them. Cloverfield was made for $25 million. It made $167 million. Great movie. That's another game changer. They started doing things in that movie that you hadn't really seen before. You know, with the budget and with... And that explains a lot, the budget, you know. But, man, it was like things were taken to another level. When I saw that and when they had the Statue of Liberty's head blasted off into the street, I was like, wow, you didn't see stuff like that before in the film footage movies. You know, it was just, this is when a lot of real good movies were being made. And then 2008 also saw Quarantine... I also recommend it. Yes, it's a, it's an American remake of, a, of an excellent film and wreck, but I enjoyed it. That one was $12 million, made 31 mil. So, not as much, but but made some money. Now we go into 2010. 2010 to 2012, that's really when you saw a, a lot of the output. You know, a lot. I mean, it's just tons. And a lot of them weren't the best. You know, I... I can admit that. That's when things... That's when the name really got bad for found footage. You know, 2010, like I said... uh, Okay, I I don't really count a Serbian film. It's on this list. Last Exorcism, I like that movie. It's kind of debated. Some people don't like it. Some people do. It's on my list. I would... I'm completely good with Last Exorcism. A movie called Undocumented. I don't know. I've heard about it. haven't seen it. They got that Gacy House movie... Haven't heard too many good things about it. But there's a lot of real good ones too in that year. Last Exorcism made money. 1.8 million made 62 million. Wow. And then we get a couple from foreign lands. We get Atrocious from Spain. That's, that's a good one. That's on the list. Troll Hunter. A lot of people really into that and for good reason. That's from Norway. Then we have The Tunnel from Australia. And as I've said before, I'm not the biggest fan of The Tunnel. But many others are, so I will put it on the list. I enjoyed the first two acts. I kind of got bored in the third act. I haven't given it the famous Dave Z second view. So, let's see what happens. Another one, Foreign Lands, Canada. But whatever, North America, still Canada. Grave Encounters, 2011. Another good one, you know. uh, I even enjoyed Part 2. I'm not going to recommend it because I know it's very mixed, but Grave Encounters 1, I stand behind. Check that one out. Now, another one, 2011. Megan is Missing. Very disturbing, but a very good movie. If you have not seen this and you can handle disturbing movies, watch this. I've watched this three or four times. Uh, I wish that they could take this movie and make a PG-13 version of it because I think it would be a a good service, like like a PSA in a way, for, for young teens and the dangers of the Internet the two lead girls in it. Uh, you actually feel for them. There's actual character development in this movie. Y- you care about these girls. Um, it's just, they, they do things in this film that you usually don't see in found footage movies. It's just the two girls and their video cameras. They just take it to places in more ways than one. I mean, the last 20 minutes, the, the, the it's just... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, just be prepared because I wouldn't say that they're exploiting too bad, too much, I should say, because they don't show everything. It's some things that you hear, and they don't take it too far. However, it is still disturbing. But I, this is a strong recommend for me. I um, I think it's a real good movie. Uh, Yeah, check that one out. That's on the list. Now another one on the list: 388 Arletta Avenue. Now that one, it's interesting. I find it funny that by accident, I discovered that in Worcester, Massachusetts, there really is a 388 Arletta Avenue. I don't know. I'm not, saying, I'm not telling anyone to go there. I just uh, I was on my iPhone and I was clicking it the other day just because I was doing research for this, and I clicked on that, and you know it automatically went to the maps and it came up. So, I put this on the list. So, we've heard about this before. This movie is, maybe some of it can be considered unbelievable because this guy sets up cameras everywhere in the guy's car, in the guy's house, in different spots. But I suspend that a little bit. And it's really creepy because this guy is just creeping on these people randomly. He picks people out and decides to just invade their life and and torment them and do stuff like that. And for that reason, it's uh, it, it's it's pretty scary because I think this can be done. I mean, maybe not to the extremes that we see here, but I, I believe it can be done. IMDb Synopsis says, a young couple find themselves in an unnerving situation with a mysterious stalker. And I'm not going to give anything away. I, I basically said the gist of it. Shit gets out of control. The girl goes missing. Uh, it's a couple. The guy's getting blamed uh, there was an argument before she went missing and it, it's pretty creepy and what happens in, in in the climax is even more scary so check it out uh, VHS 1 and 2 2012 2013 what can I say I'm sure you're aware of them I've, I'm sure you've seen them I'm a big fan of the first two movies even the weakest uh, entries I, I'm still pretty much a fan with all of them so I, I'm into that The Bay, big, big fan of the Bay. Um, I like how it's done in many different uh, formats. Like there's a, um, it's done mockumentary style with a girl in the beginning on the news, a newscaster, and it's also done with using different type of film. There's the documentary. There's people that are attending. A Fourth uh, a of July it takes place on the Fourth of July, so that's really cool. Uh, people are getting sick, so you know you have the novice reporter, and then you have other digital evidence from different sources, and it really uh, there's just different stuff going on. But it really keeps you entertained from start to finish. Uh, this is another uh, I recommend. I'm definitely a fan of this movie. I've just discovered something. I have uh, somebody that did say something. About that movie, that followed the Blair Witch Project, the St. Francisville, St. Francisville experiment. I have a little review here. It says um, a dull attempt to cash in on the success of the Blair Witch Project, a Blair Witch ripoff involving four people who go ghost hunting in a supposedly haunted Louisiana mansion. Unlike the gem, it's ripping off. There's nothing frightening here unless you consider bad acting to be scary. This is truly a film where nothing happens. The only refuge from pure boredom is the occasional unintentional hilarity that pops up. For instance, we get some priceless dialogue like this choice exchange. There's a dead bird. How badly dead is it? (laughs) This thing is also notable for having what is probably the stupidest cat jump scare I've ever seen. I can't forget the bit towards the end where the group splits up and the guy going into the attic keeps complaining about how scary it looks in there. The others then spend what feels like, at least 10 minutes trying to convince him to go in. How exciting. (laughs) Okay, so my my notes are jumbled. I did the best I could. It's my first and probably last solo cast. So, uh, you know, I did the best I can. Yeah, (laughs) it was made for $250,000, that St. Francisville experiment. I don't think that it made anything close to that back. Okay, so um, 2012 still. Crow's Nest, as I said before. The beginning, the first, the first two acts are merely average. It's all about the third act and the level of immersion. Sometimes that happens in found footage. Some, that's what I noticed about found footage. Sometimes the first two acts are very run of the mill. And then the third act, you feel like you are the protagonist and it just takes you to a place. That's one of these movies. It's funny because some other movies have, the first two acts are great and in the third act, not so much. Granted, it's that way with many movies, not just found footage, of course, not just horror movies, but I have noticed that, um, you know, when I, when I discuss some of these movies. Okay, next, The Conspiracy. Very cool, mockumentary style. Check that out. It's basically a movie where people are trying to figure out a secret society, like... Uh, maybe hooked up with, um, Illuminati, if you will, things like that. Um, IMDb synopsis, a documentary about conspiracy theory takes a horrific turn after the filmmakers uncover an ancient and dangerous secret society. Check that one out. Definitely. Amber Alert. I'm recommending it, but I know a lot of people get annoyed because the, uh, the couple that is in it do a lot of arguing and that annoys people but to me it's just very believable so that doesn't hurt that's one of those movies where the third act really good I feel like I'm, I'm there like I am the antagonist it's it gets real scary so there's another one Devil's Pass I've talked about that one before check that one out Afflicted a lot of people know about that one The Den a lot of people know about that one Final Prayer I'm not going to review it tonight because I'm going over in my time. Final Prayer, also known as The Borderlands. Check that one out. I'll discuss it on the show because we were challenged with it anyway, so I may as well just do it on that show. So uh, I'm going over in time here. It's only supposed to be uh, two hours, so I think I'm going over. And that wasn't the plan. So uh, 2010 and 2013, like I said before, there was a, a lot of stuff. There was a lot of shit, but there was a lot of good movies. I just named a ton. Apollo 18, we were talking about that earlier. A lot of people don't like it. I did not mind it. I'm not going to put it on a list because I know that it gets a lot of hate. But I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> so maybe I should put it on a list. It, it, it is my list. I, I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm saying other people should enjoy it. So I don't know. What the hell? But yeah, I'm just going to rattle off the rest here because time's running out. As usual, once again, running out of time, fighting the clock. Wow. hope that's a good thing. I hope I'm not boring anybody. 2014, man, exists. I love that movie, Exists. Very good movie about, like I said earlier, about the, the Bigfoot thing. Alien Abduction, one of those movies that, in the third act, really took me over. Got scary. Inner Demons, the opposite. The third act wasn't great, but the, but the beginning, the intro was excellent because it was basically about a movie... It was about a documentary style mockumentary, where it's set up like that show uh, Intervention. And what's wrong with this girl? Is is it drugs or is it something else? And it turns out that Inner Demons is, is the perfect um, you know title for this movie. It, it has a uh, you know a lot, a lot of meaning to that. So. Uh, Deborah Logan, The Taking of Deborah Logan. A lot of people like that. I don't have to convince anybody about that one. As Above, So Below. I enjoyed it. It wasn't crazy about the ending, but it's on the list. The Possession of Michael King. I re-watched that the other day. I liked it more The Second View. Um, another great setup uh, where I was going to say the first two acts are great. It's this guy, his wife passes away. She was a believer in God. He was not. He wanted to make a documentary after to disprove or find out if there's anything out there. So he does all kinds of things, tries to get possessed, tries to get the devil, tries to get God, tries to get proof of anything, anything out there, you know, that's spiritual. And, of course, it backfires, and you can obviously tell with a title like The Possession of Michael King. But it's a good movie. I, I do enjoy this one. Creep, a lot of people love it. 2015, What We Do in the Shadows, amazing film. These guys being, you know, not not your typical mockumentary or found footage style, but still fits into there. House with a Hundred Eyes, yes, I mentioned that on the year-end show. I mentioned that last year. Serial killers, that, that husband and wife that have things set up in their house. And, yeah, brutal and cool. The Visit, everyone knows what that is. Nightlight. Nightlight is standard until the third act. One of those movies, but there we go. I am going to rattle them off to the best I can get your pencils ready students this is the dave z found footage challenge list okay ghost watch 1992 america's deadliest home video 1993 the last broadcast 98 player witch 99 the collingswood story 2002 the curse norai the curse from japan n-o-r-o-i 2005 Alone With Her, 2006. Behind the Mask, 2006. Poughkeepsie Tapes, 2007. Wreck 1 and 2, 2007 and 2009. Paranormal Activity 1, 2, and 3, 2007, 2010, 2011. Paranormal Activity, by the way, $15,000 budget, made $194 million. Wow. Uh, Lake Mungo, 2008. Home Movie, 2008. Cloverfield 2008, Quarantine 2008. 2010, The Last Exorcism, Atrocious, and Troll Hunter, 2011, The Tunnel, Grave Encounters, Megan is Missing, 388 Arletta Avenue. 2012, VHS, and 13 VHS2. Continuing on with 2012, The Bay, Crow's Nest, The Conspiracy, and Amber Alert. 2013, Devil's Pass, Afflicted, The Den, Final Prayer, a.k.a. The Borderlands. 2014, Exists, Alien Abduction, Inner Demons, Deborah Logan, As Above, So Below, The Possession of Michael King. That's one of the reasons I was previously saying that 2014 was one of the best years. Because uh, some real good found footage, lots of stuff. You know, like I said, 14 through 16, you really can't go wrong. Even thirteen, either that's another story, though that's another show. But I think we're having a lot of good things going on in the genre right now. So, but you've heard me say that before. I also do want to say Willow Creek. I mentioned it briefly before. I saw it. It's not for everybody. It's not even for all found footage type fans. But uh, the right sound design. Watch it by yourself in the dark. There's some really good stuff. It's documentary beginning. Starts off good, and then. Two people trapped in a tent for a good amount of time, where it loses some people. I was actually into it, but I understand why a lot of people don't love it, and that's fine. That's you know, it is what it is. But I wanted to mention it one more time. And then again, 2015, creep. What we do in the shadows, house with one thousand eye, one hundred eyes. Pardon me, the visit and nightlight. There we have it. I appreciate you guys hanging in with me all this time. Uh, I hope I wasn't too boring. Didn't talk too damn much. Before I go, I'd like to thank the listeners. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, Christian and Brandon. Thank you again. Uh, I'd like to thank Jason Lloyd for hosting us on Horophilia, for doing so much that he does for us, for being a, a great guy and a great friend. I'd like to thank Bo Ransdell again for putting us on the Legion Network. I'm going to pimp pimp us out at the, at the very end here. Join our Facebook group. We have a lot going on there. You can you get to get in on a lot of stuff we do on the show. Just go on your even if you don't have a Facebook account, just go on to join the group. It's fun, you know. We got polls going on in there. We have lots of stuff. It, it's a lot of fun, and you get in on things and giveaways and everything else. So, just type "exploding heads horror movie podcast." There we are. Um, our Twitter. Just type in "exploding heads" or, or it's at eh horror podcast. Tweet at us. Say things. Let us know. We don't have a lot of action there. We have followers, but not a lot of action. You know, so let us know. Uh, You know, let us know what you think about these shows. Email explodingheadshorrorpodcast at gmail.com. Go on iTunes. Subscribe. Go on Stitcher. Subscribe. Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. That's us. So get on there. Horror Amino. Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. And we're also on Instagram, Exploding Heads Horror Podcast. So we've changed the name to Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, although it does, we can't change it on certain avenues. So whatever. And there's a reason for that. It's all about getting us maximum exposure. So one more thing before I go, I'm going to shout out a few podcasts that I haven't shouted out before. Land of the Creeps, Attack of the Killer Podcast, Horror Business, Horror Drunks, of course, Death By podcast, check them out. They're on the Horophilia network now. Check that out. Married with Children podcast, my buddy Alex. Alex Edwards is starting that from Skeleton Crew and Banana Laser. So that's going to be on Horophilia, so that, that that's cool. But if you're into Married with Children, check it out. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. I know that Jerry Herring is going to be on that show from Kill the Cast as well. C- uh, Cinephiles and Cenobites, check them out. Don't forget to subscribe to the Horophilia to, to the iTunes feed to the Legion feed and don't forget TGIF 13 and uh, Postmortem Christian's other shows check them out don't forget about uh, NFW Evil Episodes and my other shows which you've heard about plenty of times Banana Laser ABC's The Hidden Horror Skeleton Crew of course check all that stuff out lots of good shows and don't forget The Horror Corridor Mr. Watson again Thank you, guys. I know I've taken up a lot of time. I'm over the two-hour limit. We will be back. Episode 30, Hellraiser Trilogy. Good stuff. I don't know if my show is going to be the first of the solo cast, the middle, the last, but Brandon and Christian have shows, so check them out. Thank you all for listening, for bearing with me on my first and probably last solo cast. Fresh for 2017, You suckers. Peace.